All right, Frank, it happened yet another event. We have nothing to talk about on this podcast except for Apple and Microsoft and Google events. Now, we didn't cover the Pixel 7 event, but, you know, a teaser that we left at the last of the Apple event was, and also also last week was, is there an iPad event? And then there was an iPad event and we got new iPads. Right. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're, we're just Apple shills at this point. Yeah. We're just covering all Apple events, all that stuff. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. I'll speak for myself. I'm the Apple shill. <laughs> well, I actually, I miss this event, though. I'm, I'm a bad Apple shill, but I did catch all the news and everything. It was pretty minimal. And I also missed it. And I saw some tweets from Tim Apple. And and then I was just like, you know, I am interested in these new devices because they're a little bit all over the place. But we also teased about talking about stage manager a few <laughs> podcasts ago and this is this is it like ipad os 16.1 is out today when this podcast comes out <laughs> on, on the 24th and these new devices ship on the 26th with the new operating system which you know is pretty fantastical and and let's talk about what we own i own an i own like an old ipad that i use on my workout station mm -hmm. as a big youtube player and peloton player I had just gotten Heather the iPad mini, the latest cool. generation there for the holidays. And you have an iPad Pro, correct? Oh, I actually have a few more. I, I was going through an iPad buying phase for a <laughs> while. I've backed off, <laughs> but um, I, I was really buying them. Um, I, I actually keep a couple around as test devices. So I have a old mini. I think it's like the second generation, but it's the retina screen, but still has touch ID or not touch. I don't know what it has. <laughs> it's old. <laughs> and then I have um, a 2017 Pro and then I have maybe a one or two year old Pro. And those are kind of my iPad test device, not my iPad test. I love the iPad. I use it for everything. <laughs> but uh, the poor pro, the modern one has been the one suffering through the 16.1 betas. And yeah, the last time we were talking about uh, stage manager, I didn't really have any experience with it. I was just installing the betas and everything. And so I thought this would be a great time to do a recap on quick recap on the event it wasn't a big event and then let's talk about uh let's talk about the crazy ipad world that developers have to deal with yeah i'm that that is what i want to talk about because i recently was doing a, a session on like what's new in dot maui and net 7 and one of the features that i like a lot actually that's already in dot maui is some of the new menu bar support for both mm. uh, windows and mac os but also that same system works with the iPad if you have a keyboard yeah. lined up, which is really cool. You get the menus and the shortcut keys and all the things built in. And they're adding a bunch of new desktop features that are really, really nice to Dynamic Maui. So it has me thinking about desktop. But when I think about desktop, that also has me thinking about the um, tablets. Because yeah. when I think about building a mobile app, I often don't think about tablet because it's the in-between, right? Because when I'm developing for a bigger form factor, aka desktop, has me thinking about, well, whatever's on here will probably be what I could optimize on for tablets as well. So kind of those best of both worlds. If I'm doing optimizations to my my mobile and desktop apps, then the iPad in Android tablets would get some of that perks as well. Yeah. And I think 
what what's neat is that that system's actually been there for a while. They've had the UI key command system for a while. I don't think Xamarin Forms or Maui ever mapped to it, but it's actually pretty elegant. Once you implement those, you do get the menu system and you get key combinations. I should say that I tend to use my iPad kind of in laptop mode. I have keyboards for all of them, and I kind of use them in that laptop configuration. And I think that bias shows in my software sometimes. I don't always perfect the keyboardless experience. But as a devout iPad keyboard user, all those menu things and everything are so important. And they're what make it feel like a real computer and not just like a little toy thing or just a consumption device, but having all those powerful things. And the next big powerful thing is your ability to run more than two apps <laughs> simultaneously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's growing up, you know, it's it's definitely slow steps with the iPad, but I'm about to say a lot of negative things about Stage Manager in the future here, but I should say um, I'm, I'm still an iPad power user, so I appreciate literally anything they do to help us out. Yeah, and you can tell that Apple is really doubling down on this entire setup of iPad plus folio because they announced a new magic keyboard folio, uh, which goes along with the magic keyboard. Uh, but what you, what, and it has a kickstand kind of like a surface (laughs) pro, which is pretty funny. But when you go to the iPad website on apple.com forward slash iPad, you'll notice that the iPad and iPad pro hero images are all centric around keyboard and folios, uh, you actually don't see an iPad's screen (laughs) at all, uh, not on a keyboard. And so you scroll really far down, which is like what iPad's right for you. But that is something that to me is very, very telling of where Apple, you know, they they make intentional decisions, you Mm -hmm. know, with everything that they do. So to me, this is very telling as a developer of Apple's mindset and where they really are going to push this over the next several years, not only in software, but how they demo it and how they're going to display the iPad for the world. Yeah, that's a, that's a keen observation there, man. <laughs> I'd even catch it. First, I will say it is kind of hilarious how surfacey it's looking, especially with all the different colors and then that kickstand that uh, just recolor that image and that could easily be a surface tablet. So we've definitely, mm-hmm. we've definitely plateaued a little bit on this design. I'm curious to see where this form factor does go in the future, but very keen of you. You're right. All the pictures have little keyboards on them. So I'm using it correctly. I feel vindicated. I feel good. <laughs> That's correct. Um, yeah, you're one up on everybody by going in the pro. Well, let, let's start with the the new iPad. Let's let's get a recap here of what's available. Mm-hmm. There is the iPad. That's the base model. There is the iPad Air, the yeah. iPad Mini, and then the iPad Pro. And last year they introduced the iPad ninth generation, which to me was pretty fascinating because it came in at a very enticing entry level of 329. Good price. And good, good great computer, price. good price. Yes. And the it then really differentiated the iPad Air from it because the iPad 9th generation still had touch ID on a physical button like on my my older the older iPhones <laughs> and the iPhone SE, a big home button to be 
particular because the iPad's going to get a little crazy. But yeah, big Correct. home button. Yes. And the iPad Air had also moved up to the M1. So this this was the the iPad mini and the iPad were the only ones that were still on A chips um, in in ge- in general. And the iPad ninth generation had like the older look and feel where the iPad 10th generation sort of flips the scripts has a lot of new colors and it also bumps up the price by $120 to a base <laughs> level of 449 and it gets a little bit bigger it's the same size as the iPad Air 10.9 uh inch uh, screen but it does not have an M chip it's got an A14 not even an A15 which the iPad mini has by the way you know, it, I got to be honest, the iPad lineup is a bit of a disaster. Right now. <laughs> I, you do see all the market segments they're trying to satisfy here. And I think that's slightly the depressing part. It'd be nice if they just had, you know, the. I guess they almost do. They have the $300 one, the $400 one, the $500 one. Yeah. They, they have every $100 increment covered in their lineup. But I would say the, the 10th generation iPad is... Um, it, it there's like you said they're still on those a chips but they're amazing a chips these yeah. are great chips these are what's in my pro my my older pro but that thing works fine it's it's champion so i still think these are good computers but they really should tighten up this product line just listening to you describe it i'm like wait what what's the what and then i think it's the ipad air that's like the super awkward one now like what are you ipad air because that ipad 10th generation it's colorful it's beautiful you can actually get a color on your ipad and the air is like what (laughs) what do you do (laughs) the ipad air is it is point zero three pounds lighter oh okay um i'll remember that <laughs> so so and it's 0.03 inches less deep so and, and if you're not in the the pounds in, in games if you're in grams, I, I can't, that is I, I i am and i can't imagine those numbers <laughs> that is literally 16 grams of coffee which is less that is that is less weight than what it t- makes like coffee in the morning for me, which is 20 grams of coffee. <laughs> so it is kind of ridiculous in some factor, but here's what even becomes, there's so many similarities. So they all have a 12 megapixel wide camera. They have a 12 megapixel ultra wide on the front. This is the mini, the iPad and the iPad air. They all have 5g support. They all have touch ID support on top with the little button clicky thing. No more physical <laughs> big button. They all have storage up to 256 intro at 64. They all work with an Apple Pencil, but wow. but the <laughs> but. iPad 10th generation only works with the first generation Apple Pencil, not the second generation iPad Pencil. And that's the only difference. That's pretty much it. Oh, <laughs> one glaring difference is that the iPad 10th generation completely changes the location of the front camera into landscape, not portrait, which is the correct way of actually <laughs> putting the camera on this device, but it's the only one that has it this way. Yeah, it's actually very frustrating because the pros don't have it that way. The pros still have the camera at the top as if they're a giant iPhone. And I, like I said, I use it in laptop mode where you expect the camera to be in the middle of the device, the landscape position, I guess they call it. And it's not, and it's the pro device and I don't get it. (laughs) I hope Apple corrects that soon. I don't really want to buy another iPad though. So I'm probably stuck with my funnily positioned. I mean, that I would buy the iPad for that alone. 
because that's the way you're going to use it mostly. Yeah. Oh wow! Take I just savings. <laughs> I just looked Sorry. up how I just looked up how much an iPad Pro with two terabytes costs. It costs like two thousand dollars. Yeah, that's, that's pro. That's ridiculous. Anyways, don't I store media on it. <laughs> I digress. Um, yeah, it, it is. It is. You know, we say this all the time with the iPad lineup. By the way, because I feel like they still haven't figured it out. And and sometimes the MacBook. I feel like the MacBook <laughs> MacBook Pro lineup is getting a little bit, you know, uh, better in general. Yeah. But yeah, I. I I feel like we just talked about the Surface lineup, okay? <laughs> and I was like, everything kind of makes sense. Now, Apple has many more products in the lineup. But I was like, I can kind of see the use cases for each of these. But then when I come over to the the iPad lineup, I'm like, what is going on here? Like, what is happening? <laughs> um, because they released, it's not a full product. Ideally, what we would want, Frank is give us updates to all four devices at the same time or get rid of the iPad Air because it doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Um, I get the, I get the I actually do understand the iPad Air It is the more powerful iPad at the same size. So I get it. But really, that could just be called the iPad Pro. Yeah. But it's bigger. So it's by point one inch, 11 inch versus 10.9 inches. So (laughs) upsetting in some odd way. It occurred to me that I guess it's not so bad because at least from the app developer's perspective, there's not mm. really any difference between these things. The big difference is uh, do people have to have the swipe up motion and therefore the safe margins at the bottom of the device um, it, if we support that correctly in yeah. our UIs? Because when they remove the home button, the I still find it a bit awkward having to do that swipe gesture to like go home and all that stuff. On such a big device, I wish they would just put a key on the keyboard or something like that. Maybe the new keyboard has it. Anyway, <laughs> at least from the developer's perspective, you know, you support the Pro from a couple of years ago, and we're still pretty good. Uh, so I appreciate that. Although the lineup is a mess, and I feel bad for someone just coming in and not being sure which iPad to buy. Hmm. I think it is confusing, but we're being kind of armchair product designers there, and maybe... Maybe Tim Cook knows what he's doing, but at least from the developer perspective, I don't mind supporting all these because they all roughly behave the same. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think from the perspective of what is out there today, I do like that the look and feel of the devices are all the same, that the the features as far as the buttons, when people are buying new stuff, I know you can still buy a ninth gen iPad, but you know, if I look at the current lineup, they all look and feel familiar and as a developer straightforward for me to develop on which i appreciate as well and also at the same time what's also really kind of crazy is the most of the newer devices almost half of the ipad devices which means that soon all of the ipad devices will run m chips because the ipad pro Mm. got an m2 inside of it which is (laughs) bananas doesn't make any sense but also kind of miraculous at the same time i mean i know that the other ones had m1 processors but it is kind of bonkers to think that the M2 processor, the latest chip in the set, you know, that's out there in the MacBook Pros is the exact same one that's inside of here. It's just kind yeah. of crazy. I mean, I guess it makes sense from a very high level. Well, Apple's going to M2, therefore we'll make an M2 iPad. It makes sense at that level, but it doesn't make sense from the Again, the iPad is hardware is so overpowered for what the software is <laughs> available on it. Like this is a chip that 
runs laptop software just fine. Heavy multitasking, mul- multiple video streams simultaneously and all that stuff. And the iPad is what? Showing you one video at a time maximum because that's the way the operating system was designed. It's tragic. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I love the new M2. Sure. Um, I hope my software can take great advantage of it. Uh, but it, it's it's we've been overpowered since the a15 chips since the a14 chip uh so it's great to have the power yay (laughs) yeah it is yeah it's a little bit crazy which brings us to well if these things are crazy overpowered right um, wouldn't it be nice if iPad OS actually expanded what's possible? I'm reading what? this. Is, that's actually what it says on the website, by the way. So oh, it, says really? iPad o- it says iPad OS. I'm going to read. Let me read you this blurb. Okay. Okay. This is from Apple. Apple. This is apple.com forward slash iPad dash pro iPad OS period expand what's possible period enhanced ways to work period iPad OS 16 gives you powerful new ways to do more than ever new desktop class apps make your workday more productive resize and overlap apps to multitask like a pro with stage manager and hook up an external display which resolutions up to 6k for even more room for your apps dang that that sounds wonderful yay bravo let's all welcome in the beautiful ipad os 16.1 it's funny they called it i was they called it ipad 16 huh iPad OS 16, um, and they have a beautiful photo, <laughs> by the way. Oh, they have the li- they. I love, I love. If you, you just need to go to the iPad Pro website on here. So if you go there, you scroll down to the section, and you'll see it's a, it's a. You have the iPad Pro hooked up with the Lightning cable, and there's a little Lightning adapter to get things that you know it is, and it says up to 40 gigabits per second data transfer with Thunderbolt. Um, there is it. What did I say? Thunderbolt. This one. Thunderbolt. <laughs> yeah, that one. And it's hooked up to a beautiful XDR display. Now. If you looked at this as a consumer, me consuming this, it looks like it's running Mac OS software. <laughs> like that's what it looks Does like. It? Cause there are, yeah, there are, and I'm going to describe this thing and I'll, and I'll put it as the screenshot on mergeconflict.fm. But what it looks like is a full Mac OS over there. You have stuff on the left and on the right and the top on there and a menu bar on the bottom. And there's three apps that are overlapped <laughs> on there. Now they don't actually have like the the green, yellow, red buttons up top. Oh, but yeah, we got to talk about that. They do. They, they do. Oh, they do. Not in this photo. They don't. Uh, that is for well, sure. They're not colorful anymore, James. Green, red, and yellow have turned into gray, gray, and more gray. Oh, my favorite tone of color, gray. <laughs> so to me, what it looks like in general, is that there's three apps running here that I can use and overlap and have free form windows as if I was on a desktop. Whereas on the iPad, it's still showing one thing at a time. So this is, if I'm pulling in this photo, what Apple is telling me is that, hey, when I hook it up to a display, I get a full Mac OS experience over here. Yeah. And, you know, I'll say they're not even exaggerating too much. Um, I, I Like I said, I want to say lots of negative things about Stage Manager, but I'm going to start with it does actually do what they're saying. Oh, okay. You can pull up multiple windows um, if you have the right kind of iPad. I don't believe this external mode is supported on all the iPads. Um, 
I actually haven't tested the external mode too much. I've mostly used Stage Manager on the iPad itself, in which mm-hmm. it is a little bit more limited because with all the pixel space of a big monitor, they you can layer more windows, you can have more options like that. But um, there's still some gla- glaring problems with it. I I like that you immediately caught on to the lack of the red, yellow, green buttons, which have are iconic on Apple. They've been there since uh, OS whatever, forever. <laughs> I don't even want to claim which one. And it's funny because what they did was they took the three little dots that they were using for the old split view con- way of doing multi apps on the iPad. Mm. They had three little dots for controlling that. And they kept the three little dots, but it's funny. Now when you tap on the three little dots, and these appear at the top of your app, whether you want them or not. So everyone, make sure you check your UIs. Make sure you're not blocking the three little dots or anything. Uh, When you tap on them, a little pop-up comes out, and they say the normal actions that the red, yellow, and green are. It's close, minimize. Minimize, so close does what you expect. Closes the window or the scene uh if if you have a multi-scene app it would just close one of the windows if it's the final window i think it actually shuts down the app oh yeah minimize um what they this is an awkward one there's the dock but now there's a second dock and it's a little bit strange minimize now minimizes your app to a second dock the left side dock and we have to get into that a little bit and then there is still the uh, green zoom button, and that makes the apps full screen. So they actually did keep the standard Mac buttons, but made them worse, I guess, because <laughs> now they're hidden behind a menu. But I guess they just decided they didn't want to make the touch targets big enough, or there just wasn't enough room in apps. So the compromise was a tiny little three-dot thing that you have to tap and hit a menu with. Yeah. The Well, I'm glad that you described that, because I don't, Again, I can't really see them on here, so I'm excited to play around with this. And I did note here, it says that it's available on the iPad Air 5th gen, iPad Pro 12.9 inch, 3rd gen and higher, and then all iPad Pro 11 inch, 1st gen and later. It doesn't say anything about the new iPad. Uh, apparently, it doesn't work <laughs> on that. But, uh, or, yeah, or the iPad mini, which would be pretty hard for it to do anything. It's really small, which makes some sense. <laughs> But yeah, the the screenshot oh, is external monitor. Oh, that's yeah. where it would. Yeah, yeah. The fascinating part about what you said is that you know when I think of Mac OS and I think of Windows, there is the entire concept of everything that they did in Stage Manager, right? Which is there is a a a, a button that brings up all the apps, right? Like your Windows button, your launcher thingy in in Mac OS. Like here's all your apps, and then there's a bar on the bottom, which is all of your pinned apps on your taskbar, right? So here's all the things that you probably want to come back to. Now, the difference is that some of those are pins pinned, but some of those are just running applications. Like if I bring up right now the weather app and that's not pinned, it shows the weather and I can do all the things that you just said, close it, maximize it, minimize it. And if I minimize it, it just puts it on the bottom down there. Mm -hmm. And I can see that it's running because it has a little your know, indicator that it's running because there's like a little uh visually there's some stuff there telling me that it's running right and what apple decided to do is they decided to decouple those two concepts which is 
on the iPad. Now, I don't actually know if this is different in Stage Manager, which I'm fascinated about, is what it looks like is that any of your apps that if you just hit the home menu or swiped up from the bottom and made an app go away, that that basically for all intents and purposes on an iOS device or on an Android device is the app has been put into the background, which is really just minimizing the application, right? And on Windows and on Mac, when you minimize stuff, a bunch of stuff kind of gets turned off, to be honest with you, unless the developer is put on certain modes. But it looks like in Stage Manager, when you minimize, it is sort of decoupling those concepts and saying, my running apps are shoved over here on the left-hand side. Now, you've been using Stage Manager. So is that any app that has been minimized? Like if you have 20 apps that are open, do they all show up on the left-hand side in it? Or is it only apps that have been minimized inside of Stage Manager mode? Right. And let's actually start there. Let's say at least in the betas, and I have to check on the released version out today, uh, Stage Manager was off by default. Mm. So the iPad behaves all the ways you were just describing. What you do is you go to Control Panel, Enable Stage Manager. It's just a little button. Hit that. And then still the iPad acts the same as everything. It's still all the normal behaviors are there. Because it turns out stage manager is a mode. You're actually going into like, it's definitely different. I, I, I almost, this is my first complaint. Complaint number one, stage manager is a mode. Mm-hmm. You can go into stage manager and out of stage manager. I think stage manager should be the home yeah. thing, you know, the springboard. But they didn't have the confidence to do that. It uh-huh. is almost like a launcher app that you launch. Now, once you're in it, you kind of want to stay in it because it's a much better experience than the normal home screen and all that stuff. But you can misclick and it'll bring you back to iPad 2.0 home screen. And you're like, oh, no, this is not what I want. I'm on stage manager. Now, it, it's awkward. I don't know what the real terms of these things are. I'm going to call the thing at the bottom the dock only because things at the bottom are usually called the dock. So you're right. You have your pinned apps that you want to get to quickly. And then automatically on the right-hand side, it's showing you uh, your recently running apps. Mm. Now, this is a distinction I'm going to make now. When you're in stage manager, there is a second dock. We'll call that dock two. And (laughs) left dock. I don't know what it's supposed to be called. But the big difference there is it's not about managing apps at that level. That's about managing windows. And you can create essentially different desktops with different combinations of windows on it. Now, unfortunately, an app window can only be in one of these desktops at a time. But it's pretty easy to move them around between desktops, at least, and to switch over to a new desktop. I apologize. There's probably a fancy word for this, but I'm just going to call them desktops because it feels like multi-desktop support. So when you... To finally get back to answering your question, when you minimize an app, it's you're not really minimizing an app, you're minimizing the app's window. And that window goes into dock two, the left dock, into either a new desktop or there's a limit to the number of desktops and it'll just kind of vanish. It is awkward though, because now you have app management at the bottom and you have window management on the left when you're in stage manager mode Mm. and yes you better test your apps in this mode because it's insane yeah i you know i've been looking at the ipad os 16 website and they have a whole section on stage manager they have the multitasking how, how you just said you have to pull down from the top right go click a button to turn it on and then you can see 
overlapping windows. And then they have the whole thing about switching, which is the left dock. And then it's called create your own ideal workspace, make different groups of apps for specific tasks or project, arrange, resize and overlap them. It doesn't really, sh- that's the only one that isn't a video. It just has an image of what mm-hmm. that means. And yeah, there's like three different concepts all in one. Yeah. Instead of just being, here's how iPadOS works. Yeah. And I'm, I'm hoping hmm. stage manager will just become more and more as, of the default as they gain confidence in it and everything. I would say from a user perspective, it's pretty good. Um, When you're not using an external monitor, I still find it very limiting. Mm. You can vertically resize windows, but you don't have, they don't let you go half screen, which I was hoping they would. So you can't create like some small windows, you know, maybe I just want to collapse Twitter down into very small and then scroll through it or something like that. They actually don't allow that. And I'm curious if that's uh, throwing a bone to app developers who've never had to support tiny window mode or anything. Mm. But I would say our job as app developers is make sure your app resizes itself nicely because people can put your app into weirder sizes than you're used to. For instance, my apps, um, they often check the attributes of the view controller to see which horizontal size class they're in at the moment. And they'll decide whether to show a pop-up or a modal dialog box and things like that. And it'll make some kind of decisions. And what I've noticed is in Stage Manager, you can put your app in some sizes that it's never really dealt with before. Mm. And there'll be times where it does a modal dialog box where I think it could have done a pop-up, but my code didn't quite support it. So some little details there, but overall, if if you've made your app respond well to sizing changes, I think you're going to be okay. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, and I always have this hard time when I'm developing my apps is, you know, I can always check the idioms or the, you know, viewport sizes like you're talking about. And like if I'm in phone mode, like if I'm on a phone, then I do certain things Mm -hmm. and, or, you know, in my UI, like you're saying, and if I'm on tablets or desktop, I want to do something else, but I've always found very, you know, peculiar about even desktop apps, but also especially iPad apps is that if you bring multi, multi apps up at the same time, this is the the same in windows eight, by the way, is that you could put one on like the far right or the far left. And for all intents, that is just a phone app at that point because it's the same thing in general. But if you were to check to say, what operating system is this running on? It would be the iPad. So you might make assumptions without checking the viewport size of, you know, so that, that, that becomes the more important part is it's not just what device am I running on anymore? It is that viewport. It's, it's the, the CSS class media selector things (laughs) at this point that we're really, looking on uh in general which i think is is peculiar so when you're in this mode on on ipad can you can you resize it to any dimension that you want is that is that a thing is is it a full window or no it is a full window but they put artificial snapping constraints Mm. in and again i i maybe on an external display some of these are relaxed a little bit but in general, they kind of snap you to sizes. And I don't know if that's them just trying to help you with the UI or they have hard reasons for snapping you to those things. Uh, but you nailed it. Um, 
if you're going to support iPad, you cannot look at the device idiom anymore. Anything that mentions the idiom, throw that code out. It's wrong. You have to look at not just not just the size of the window. You have to ask it for the actual size class, and these are attributes, and Apple updates them. And as long as you obey those rules, you mostly get a decent UI. Uh, there's other little things, like on the app, they have a little resizer bar that they put into your app. Now, if you have any buttons in the lower right of your app or any like strong touch targets, you really got to get those out of the way <laughs> because you're going to make resizing your app difficult. You resize the app by dragging one of the corners. Uh, another complaint, <laughs> the corner that you drag to resize the app changes depending on the app's position. Oh, I see it. I definitely see that in these, like literally on the, there's <laughs> yeah. one on the bottom left and there's one on the bottom right, which feels <laughs> odd. Yeah. And it's a little overlap. That's peculiar. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's only when it's on the device, if you're on an external display, but you're going to be using this on the device and huh. you better get used to it. So get your touch targets away from the lower left and lower right. I'm wow. pretty sure the safe area insets account for those already, but yeah, you got you got to test. <laughs> Peculiar. It's so weird and fascinating all at the same time, this entire, the entirety of and- it. It's weirder than that, too, because I haven't fully grokked the UI either yet, because sometimes the dock will appear and disappear. For example, when you first bring it up, Mm. the apps will be sized so that they're they're taking up roughly, I don't know, uh, 80% of the vertical space of the iPad. But you can actually take the little dragger thing, drag it down, and if you make one of the windows tall, the dock disappears. Oh, And so now it's like very confusing. I'm like... Oh, so it's the size of my window that tells me whether the dock is visible or not? That seems like a weird cause and effect relationship I'm going to have to keep in mind constantly and I don't really want to think about, but I'm going to have to think about. Uh, So I've I've learned that although they have vertical resizing, I don't do it because it changes the UI too much and it's just too confusing. And even that, so the bottom dock can disappear at random times. And dock two, left dock, it can also disappear at random times. And you're like, how do I bring that one back? Well, I I guess I'll swipe from the left and okay, that works. So they just randomly disappear. And then you have to remind yourself what's the gesture to bring them back. It can definitely use some improvements. Yeah, that's a, it's a peculiar, it's a peculiar system that they have going on here. Very fascinating. And, you know, I think all of this also plays into these new trackpads. Also, you know, the new um, keyboards, they all have trackpads on them. And they basically say everything is mouse and keyboard compatible at this point. So, yeah, it's, it's all happening. Well, and, and actually, let me talk about those real quick, too. Um, developers, we have to pay a little more attention. I realized I was a little bit behind on this on my apps. There are new gesture recognizers and interactions uh, like there's the hover gesture recognizer, I believe. And then, oh, I'm totally losing. There, there, there's some interaction you want to look into for supporting cursor movement because now we have mice on iPads and we've had them for a while, but especially now that we have layered overlapping resizable windows it, on external displays very easily, definitely need to um, up, up our mouse cursor game which is so awkward because these are touch devices, but you got to put this stuff in for the uh, mouse. 
Yeah, let's literally summarize this entire evolution of the tablet like this. When the tablets came out, we were just developing phone applications that were a little bit bigger with a little bit more real estate. Now what we're doing is we're developing desktop applications that here's the here's the crazy part with with Mac OS. This is this is ridiculous with Mac OS. We're actually taking our phone, our phone and tablet apps and putting them on the desktop. But with iPad, what we're doing is we're taking our desktop apps and we're putting them on the iPad. You know, what I mean, we're yeah. developing for the iPad like it's a desktop, even though it's a tablet. So and at this point, really, tablets and desktops are the same. In general. And their phones, because like you said, yeah. you can shrink these windows down to phone size. And in that yeah. case, the app should behave like a phone app. Ugh. And so in some ways, I'm a little bit OK with it, because now yeah. with one code base, I'm supporting Mac desktop, iPad and iPhone. But it's not free. <laughs> it's no. just not free. You are supporting three different operating systems. And worse, they can dynamically switch between themselves now. <laughs> Yeah. And so it requires you to pay quite a bit more attention. Yeah, those early iPad days, it was 1024 by 768. Don't worry, that's the only size it'll ever be. Have fun. Uh, I think it's why we were all attracted to mobile development. And in the early days, we're like, oh, look at this nice, simple platform. But you nailed it. Now we're back to writing basically desktop apps that yeah. have to shrink down into cute little phone apps when needed. Well, there's the state state Do you feel of, good or bad for that. <laughs> you know, I've never here's the thing is I've never really optimized my apps for yeah. tablet, to be honest with you. My apps have always been it's a phone app or it's a desktop app. And I yeah. and I, I'm going to you know, I've done ones that span all of them, but I've never really spent the time to really, really take it to a, a whole new level there, to be honest with you. And that's something that's on the top of my mind that I would really like to do at some point. I've always just been mm -hmm. kind of content on whatever Xamarin Forms or Maui did for me, but I would like to take it a step further and actually put more logic into my applications to make them better. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, you can still get away with writing iPhone apps, but I would put a little time into make sure that they can resize nicely. It is frustrating to get an app that is compiled only for iPhone on an iPad. Yeah. Like even if your UI is ugly, it's still better than the default that Apple's going to do and really butcher your app when it runs on an iPad. Please at least um, support all the different sizes. Yeah. All right. Let's do one tiny little update here. Um, there's also a new Apple TV 4K that came out. Oh, is there really? I just bought one. Gosh darn it. <laughs> they uh, put the A15 Bionic chip in this puppy, and apparently Ooh. they reduced the weight of it by like 50% or something like that. Talk about another overpowered device. All it does is play one video. The, the, these chips can do more than that, I promise you. They can do so much more than that. That's and all, all they do does. is stream video off the internet. <laughs> That's it. That's all they can do. And uh, they also, I think they updated the, ooh, they updated the Siri remote to be USB charged instead of lightning. So. Uh, oh, man. Now, no, it's not worth the upgrade price, but now I'm jealous. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to eliminate all my lightning cables. I, I, I don't like uh, governments interfering with private corporations, and yet I can't wait for USB-C iPhones. So. Yeah. <laughs> I will also say this. They have a Wi-Fi model and a Wi-Fi plus Ethernet model. And here's what's very peculiar about that is that they obviously added 
they have gigabit ethernet for that model, which makes sense. Nice. But that model also has thread networking support. Yeah, that's um, that's an IoT standard as far uh-huh. as I recall. Um, do, do, I don't even know what that thing... Does that support like Zigbee and Z-Wave? I guess we'll have to I don't do know. a catch-up on Apple TV episodes someday. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of new thread and this other stuff. I, I'm not really caught up either on it, but I just did... I thought that that was fascinating as well, mm-hmm. is that the Ethernet model is a separate model. And it's yeah. it's also... <laughs> comes with like bigger capacity comes with 128 gigs of storage which like that it's also just i'm not here's another odd thing for you like why does the wi-fi only model come with 64 gigs but the wi-fi plus ethernet for an extra 20 dollars comes with twice the storage and ethernet (laughs) doesn't make any sense apple (laughs) i guess you could see the meeting they're like well this one's the home hub and this one's for streaming content but the joke is it's very expensive for a streaming device. Yeah. You can go buy a 30 hour Amazon, whatever, for, and it'll work fine too. Yes. Yeah. It's what a weird device they have to support it. Maybe Apple will revolutionize home IOT, but I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet either. All right. Well, that is going to do it for this iPad, iPod, iPad OS action packed episode of Merge Conflict. Appreciate everyone being here. And, and Frank, thank you for. You're the only one that has a device that can run stage manager. So <laughs> that's why you're tasked with all these things. So I appreciate your updates. And uh, let us know what you think of stage manager. Write us into the show, mergeconflict.fm. And we'll uh, we'll read those back if you, if you do it. Or leave a review on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If there's a review button, we'd appreciate that. Yeah, that's going to do it for this week's podcast. So until next week, I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.